Welcome to another episode of the Morph Business and Leadership Podcast. Today is a day of manifestation for me. Um, I know for a while I've been thinking about government contracts with my company, and I was not even sure if my company was eligible for a contract. And so today we have some amazing leadership role models here today. We have Stanley Bridgeforth, Marquise Abraham, and Erica Bell. And they're such a blessing to my life, but to so many businesses. And they come from the Hudson County Office of Business Opportunity, as well as having their own companies. But today we're going to focus in on their leadership and how they help so many companies in the realm of government contracting. So we'll start with you, Marquise Abraham. Please let us know your your position and everything that you do. Sure. Thank you for having us, Chelsea. Uh, Marquise Abraham, I'm the director of the Hudson County Office of Business Opportunity. Um, and uh, I've been in that role for a little over a year. Uh, I've been with the office for over three years. Excited to be here this morning. Thank wow. you. Wow. Stanley, can you jump in and tell us exactly what you do there as well? Absolutely. Once again, thanks for having us. It's really a, an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, I'm Stanley Bridgeforth. I'm the Certification and Compliance Officer at the Hudson County Office of Business Opportunity. And I've been in my role, I would say, probably about 14, 15 months now, so a little over a year. I'm excited about the work we do, and I'm, I'm, and I'm uh, more excited about where we're headed. Right. Right. We're headed to some big things Absolutely. in this office. Absolutely. And Miss Erica Bell, please introduce yourself. Thank you again, Chelsea, for having us. My name is Erica Bell. I am the office service manager. And we've been playing around with my title. Um, I think it's more so the business service manager. So my role um, allows me to work with the businesses and find resources for our business community. I've been with the office for about eight months. Nice. She has been a blessing to me with these resources. <laughs> so all of them have been a, a great, great blessing. Um, I would like to dig more into what exactly you do there. What ex how do you help businesses and what are they? What is a government contract? How about we start there? What is a government contract? Okay. A uh, government contract uh, is um, an agreement, obviously, between a vendor, business owner, and a, a public entity, a government entity to do work, provides goods, services, uh, and it can take many different uh, forms. Sometimes from a technical aspect, it's simply an invoice um, and a purchase order. Uh, sometimes it's much more formal. Uh, we're in our office and throughout the county, we are doing a disparity study. And that contract I have on my desk is probably 30 pages long. Um, different, different animal, uh, much uh, more stricter controls, um, but uh, it depends. There are all sorts of goods and services and products that government entities need. And so you'll see all sorts of types of contracts technically. So I want to say something, unless you, you got something to say. Yeah, I just want to add to that. Ultimately, the government is your client, right? There's, there a, there's a number of goods and services that the government needs and they need vendors to supply it. And once once the business and the government entity comes together, that forms the contract. And that could be for a couple hundred dollars or to the millions of dollars. Okay. So that's where my question was going, actually, sure. because honestly, I thought the government could just go buy from like Home Depot. 
you know? And so now I tell my clients, like, wait a minute, no. The government can't go buy from Amazon. The government can't go buy from Home Depot. If you go get the hammers and you're a vendor, you can go get this contract pretty much if you qualify for it and a couple other, you know, details to it. But I was saying, like, the government can't just walk up in any random store and say I'm buying 100 things. Is this a myth or is this true? Like, can you explain that a little bit more? No, it's 100% true. Um, And I'm glad you brought that up. Because the more uh, that our businesses are educated about this, we will see an increase in the, the business that we do. And we'll talk specifically about, you know, the types of businesses we serve. But absolutely, there's a whole set of laws that govern how uh, government entities can make purchases, actually. Wow. So um, if you go to the mundane, some small set of rules, uh, when you buy something as a government entity, you have to have a purchase order. Um, it, you know, you have to uh, get an invoice. If it's over a certain threshold of uh, spending, you have to have some type of competitive process, right? The comp- there's several different types of competitive processes, but minimum you need quotes from three businesses. You pick the lowest and you're done. Um, but like you said, they can't just walk into Home Depot or go on Amazon. If they want to go on Amazon and buy um, paper, right? for the entire, say, for instance, it's the county, for the entire county, that's going to be a lot of money. And it's going to be over the bidding threshold, meaning the amount you can spend without bidding for the services. So in that regard, they have to follow a specific set of rules in order to buy paper. You imagine, you're like, wow, they need paper, of course. Why do they have to go through all that? Because it's important. You can imagine, you know, spending could get out of control. Mm -hmm. It could be done with uh, disreputable vendors. And so there are controls in place once you hit certain thresholds of spending. Uh, For our paper in um, Hudson County, excuse me, we use, uh, this is just printing paper. We use uh, W.B. Mason as a vendor. Now, W.B. Mason is on a state contract. Okay. Okay. So they are a vendor for the state to purchase office products. Okay. What happens with the state is the state uh, becomes a cooperative What a cooperative is, is a group of people that say, we're going to band together and purchase goods and services together with the thought that the uh, price that we'll get will be uh, the lowest, most competitive price in the industry. And once uh, that business is awarded um, that contract, say, for instance, W.B. Mason, now any public entity can use that. Um, use that contract. So if it's New York City, if it's Jersey City, if it's Morris County, they can go and call up W. Mason and say, hey, we saw you won the state contract. We like that pricing. Give us a purchase. This is our purchase order. Done. No bidding, no no anything. So um, I could be here all day talking about cooperative purchasing, which is a great, but but that's an example of um, how they actually make these purchases for the stuff they need to run. So cooperative, you, you were going to say something? Yeah, that's that's a great point because when we talk about government contracting, there's a lot of different elements that make it up, right? So we have four different levels. So you have your local, which would be like Jersey City or Toms River or Neptune, right? That's the local level of, of government contracting. Then you have the county where we, where we operate, Hudson County. It could be uh, Union County, Mercer County, and what have you. Then you have the state level, which is a good thing that he mentioned, the state contracts. And then you obviously you have the federal government, but there's four different levels of government contracting available to people 
where they can, where the government can be their client and you can really scale your business exponentially in coming into the space. See, this is, I, I, I just, I'm going to try to narrow it all down because there's so, I feel like this deserves, like this whole topic deserves more than one episode. And oh, in yeah. addition, I feel like it it deserves its own podcast just to throw it out there. Okay. Find a little corner. <laughs> <laughs> Figure that part out. But, um, I'm so the cooperative. I want to go back to that because, and I, I'm happy, Stanley, that you mentioned all the different levels because there's so much opportunity. And I think that a lot of businesses get stuck on the regular clientele, our, our regular consumers, our public consumers, and they basically they rely on whether the consumers have financial means or not. So often we get stuck, and and you guys hosted a, um, I think it was a webinar on mm-hmm. your dream client. Yeah. And I kept saying it to myself, like the government is my dream client mm-hmm. because they're going to pay their bill. The government pay. always pays their bill. So Those when the public debts. can't afford to pay their bill, the government <laughs> can. So I like doing business over there. But, um, and you know, I have like small little contracts with the Monmouth County Department of Labor. But I was like, there's got to be more. And so I'm, I'm appreciative that you said that. And the cooperative part is the collaboration part, right? Yes. So... Can just any small business say, I'm going to go. And when I say small business, I mean like, you know, don't have more than 500 employees. Yep, yep. The, the designation, yeah. Right. Can they come together and say, I'm going to pull these people together and say, I want to, like, can you explain that a little bit more? Sure. So a cooperative cooperative purchasing, at least within the state of New Jersey, is a concept that, as I, as I said before, if we are able to access the best pricing across an industry, then we'll share that with our other partners. So there are some cooperatives. I mentioned the state. The state doesn't name itself cooperative, but if you're a municipal entity within this state, you can access their pricing. Other cooperatives, you have to join. Okay. So there's the Middlesex County uh, Cooperative, which used to be called, ah, forget the name, something about teachers, but uh, educational services. There you go. Educational services cooperative, but it's called Middlesex County Cooperative. So, Who runs the Middlesex County Cooperative? Middlesex County. Okay. Right? So it has to be a government entity that sets up the cooperative. Bergen County has a cooperative. Middlesex County has a cooperative. Hudson County has a cooperative that's dormant. So we're not using it or working it, but that's for another day. So what Middlesex County does is just like other entities, a Middlesex County Cooperative. What they do is just like any other uh, public entity, they put out bids. So as an example, we need e, uh, emergency snowplow services for our county roads, right? Now, if you bid that service um, and you win that cooperative, and I'm just making this up because this might not even be uh, close to true, but say you charge $100 per lot, right? Um, in Middlesex County, you know, you do work for Middlesex County, $100 per lot so long as it's less than 12 inches, right? Um, now within Middlesex County, New Brunswick can call you up. Um, what other towns are in Middlesex? Um, you know, Fords, any other town can call you up and say, Hey, um, we need that emergency slope snowplow service at a hundred dollars a lot. And you go. So the power of cooperatives is you bust your butt on any given bid is hard. So if I'm winning a bid for Jersey city, that's hard, but I only work with Jersey city. If I win a cooperative bid, anybody can choose me yeah, from amazing. anywhere. 
And so I'll give an example. There was a company that started out with us. I give this example a lot. It's a powerful example. Started out with us many years ago. Not that many, but enough. Seven, let's say seven. Um, just a road paving job. Mm-hmm. Nice road paving job. Sure, he made money. He or she made money. You know, road paving is a good business. Um, they won the uh, Middlesex County contract, I think it is. I forget which cooperative. Don't quote me on it. But they won a, co- a cooperative bid. Um, for doing general construction work and stuff like that. With our county alone, they did $27 million last year. Think about that. Think about that. Think about how this company was able to single-handedly scale their business from maybe like a a very small operation to a... And that's just from our county that they did 26, 27. It wasn't our contract. We got... All of that money from picking them off the co-op. Off the co-op. So other people have been picking them. So too. that's Hudson County. Imagine Essex Union and, and you know, all Any the way town. Major. Think, think about that. You, you use the key word, opportunity. Yeah. That's why I love the name of our office. Okay. So we have some people within our um, county that still uh, calls it uh, uh, Wimby or MWBE. And that's cool. I mean, it, it's the lexicon that we use in this type of work. But our office is the Hudson County Office of Business Opportunity. Yes, it is. And we always say we are open for business. I love that. You know, it, it, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And, uh, yeah, we just, we're just happy you hit on cooperatives because that's another thing we got to really do a lot of work on. Here's the thing I will say, and excuse me, um, but I just want to say this. What's, what's great about this time and why I'm always smiling when I'm doing this work is this. We as people, especially minorities, women, come a long way in this country, society, the way things are working, the stuff that we need to focus on to make sure we had basic stuff and still bad in a lot of ways, but a lot of progress. And the fact that we get up here and able to focus on helping people grow their businesses, like we're not working for people, we're not how to do, how to, you know, have good etiquette at a job. We're talking about growing and scaling your business so that you can take care of your family. You can have employees. You can take care of communities. It's amazing. This is where we're at now, 2023. We can focus on helping people grow their businesses. I think it's a great thing. And there's resources available. So we're on the line to do the work, but there's also support supporting us. So if we don't have the answers, we know how to reach out to our partners to get those answers for those businesses that come to us. And that's where I was going to go next is the resources. So if you can tell some of us what type of resources can we connect to, like what is out there for the, the small business owners to connect to if they're getting into the government contract? There's local resources. So we try to speak to not only local, but also the state and the federal resources, but really getting familiar with the local resources. And as a business owner and as business owners, we have used those business uh, resources and have kind of vetted them to make sure they're reliable resources. Definitely. Um, so our goal is always to make sure that we're offering those reliable resources. So we have women organizations that are out there that support women, not only women, but they also help men as well. Um, we have other resources such as uh, state resources, our SBDCs um, that help on the state level. Uh, 
any other resources that you is, guys can is, think of? Is it okay to, to, to name them? Because we'll, yes. we'll yeah, let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's get the names out here. I'm wondering why you're holding back. Yeah, let's go, let's go with the names. <laughs> Let everybody know what's out there. Um, the Women's Center for Entrepreneurship, which is the WCEC. Um, they focus on mentoring and coaching through sessions, um, webinars. Uh, their resources are usually free. Um, and you can jump on a webinar and um, Rising Tide Capital, located in Jersey City. Um, they have 12, 12 week training program, business boot camp. Basically, you start oh, as that. a it's an idea and they take you through the whole um, business academy. Yeah. Business academy. Yep. Um, the SBDC and they're located at the colleges and universities. So mm -hmm. the one that we are familiar with and have been leaning on a lot is our local, which is at. Hudson County. We just recently did Bidfest 2.0 with that them. Was amazing. At NJ, I'm sorry, at NJCU in Hudson County. Um, and then there's others. You guys can jump in on them. Yep. There, there's uh, the Chambers. Um, statewide Hispanic Chamber is a very, very strong resource. Uh, obviously provide programming specifically for the Hispanic community, but also are one of the uh, technical assistance providers for things such as uh, bonding, understanding how bonding works, especially if you're in the construction industry, uh, African-American Chamber of Commerce, another powerful chamber throughout the state, brings a ridiculous amount of resources to bear for their businesses, uh, put you in the rooms with the right people. Um, and, uh, you know, many, many, many more. Uh, we have a resource manual mm -hmm. that you can access uh, where we provide information on uh, resources to help uh, businesses. And just to jump back, who do we serve? We serve small and diverse businesses throughout the states. We have four categories that we serve currently. We serve small businesses. We serve minority businesses, women-owned businesses, and veteran-owned businesses. Um, these are businesses that are actually certified as such. Um, so there's a New Jersey process where you can get certified. There's a federal process where you can get certified. There are some other public entity processes, and there are uh, private Um I'll let, and, and when we have an opportunity, if St Stanley could maybe touch on a little bit more, yes. but I will say that uh, those categories are the ones that we look to service. Uh, we have an ordinance in Hudson County. Um, let me pass it to Stanley, but uh, I just <laughs> I did I did want to mention that because certification is extremely important, and um, you know we are doing a disparity study right now, which will help us even more with that but Stanley you can jump in on that piece yes definitely so one of the things we do is besides hold public events and do uh, different speaking engagements and, and things of that nature is we we meet one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. with with businesses and when when we do that a lot of them haven't heard of our office before they haven't interacted with us so th this is how we usually break down who we are and what we do yes. right so there's three main areas or core competencies, as, as we like to put it. Uh, number one, we look to uh, connect with the smaller minority businesses to get them certified. And again, that's small minority women veteran-owned businesses. Okay. We take that certification, which comes through the state of New Jersey, free of charge, and we'll get into more information on that a little bit later. But the second step to that is now you're going to leverage that certification and connected to a government contract. Mm -hmm. Now we're county employees, so we want the, we want to find those certified, qualified businesses, and and connect them with contracting opportunities with Hudson County. But we're also citizens 
of of the state. So we want people to just use those certifications and be able to use get connected to opportunities anywhere that'll that'll serve their business and help them get to the next level. And then lastly, as Erica pointed out, there's a number of resources that either we'll provide ourselves through some business consulting, some coaching, yes, they do. but also um, the resources that we connect them to in the community that'll help meet the businesses where they are. So if you're in the idea phase and you're looking to get started, we have a resource for that. If you look, if you're somewhere, um, you know, in a, maybe the first initial startup phase of your business and you need more assistance with, with business plans and, uh, marketing strategies will have resources that will support you with that. If you are what I call a seasoned business and now you're just looking for extra opportunities, we have resources for that. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're looking to meet businesses where they are, no matter where they are in their life cycle. But ultimately, like Marquis said, we, get, we have the, the pleasure and, and the privilege and the honor to work with businesses to see them grow every day. That's amazing. And and this is all real. This is not fake. This is real. They've literally met with me. I am not native to Hudson County. I'm native to the shore, the Jersey Shore. However, I went to St. Peter's University. And so being that I was up there, that's how I don't even know how your email popped up <laughs> for BidFest, the first BidFest in December of 2022. And I fell in love at BidFest. I was we like, connected oh immediately. Yes. I saw Erica. She was like, I want your car. And I'm like, no, I want your car. So literally like just it's just I feel like it was divine timing and I feel like their office does have the bandwidth the wherewithal and the forecast so they're literally in leadership roles where they're able to see what's coming down the line they're able to see what can be done can we set this aside can we talk about set asides for a moment absolutely we'll get into that but I just wanted to say real quick that we're we're in a position where we have some great leadership that supports the initiatives that that we're doing, um, you know, both at the executive, the county executive level, wow. uh, the the county commissioner level, and then our director, Director Walker, they're very supportive in terms of us being out in the community, being more visible, wow. so that we can really assist these qualified businesses, get them certified, and really get things moving. Because I mean, the bottom line is this: small businesses. And, and no emphasis on the word small, but businesses are the heartbeat of America. Mm-hmm. And when businesses thrive, the community is much better for it. Mm-hmm. I agree. So um, I wanted to, I think that's a great point, Stan. Uh, what we tr- try to do is sit down and understand the world from where, where our experience took us. Mm-hmm. So we all come with a, a tremendous collective experience also with being entrepreneurs. Um, and so that helps a, a lot in the work we do. We also are, um, you, you know, we are big thinkers. So when we came and put together a strategic plan and presented it to our leadership, uh, we haven't gotten any pushback yet. Nice. And it gives us the, 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 the optimism to say that we're going to see our plans through. So, Again, uh, shout out to our county executive, our board of commissioners, our director, uh, department director, um, because we're running around the state 
like crazy people because they they allow us to. <laughs> right. Um, right. And, That's and, awesome. And, and and it's a great thing. With respect to set asides, I'm glad you mentioned that. Before I dive into that, I want to say another thing. Um, and we always say this because we think it's important. Um, we have we are very much aware that there is an LGBTQ plus certification in the state of New Jersey. Okay, it's active. Um, we don't service that population intentionally because it's not a part of our Hudson County ordinance. And it may be in the future, um, but we are responsible to the ordinance. We are doing a disparity study. The disparity studies allow us to understand uh, with a level of scientific certainty the makeup of the community, Got how it. it's being uh, dealt with with respect to the county, and if we are letting contracts um in in concert with the availability of the businesses and if we do the study i mean i'm sorry when we finish the study we'll have more information and then more fuel to do better with how we um are able to target small and diverse businesses we use the term small and diverse um and so currently we have a a set aside ordinance in our county that mandates us to spend at least 10 percent with small and diverse businesses, 10% of our overall budget. At least. At least. Okay. We That's how we say it. We're going to always say it that way. So when we when it came to our budget um, in 2021, um, we did f- about 4.5%, which is terrible. Bottom line, it's just not a good number. It's not representative of what we have going on mm-hmm. in our county and across the state. Um. You know, we worked hard to think about real needs of our business community and also how we could look at what's going on internally and make some changes. Um, so in 2022, we did 11%. Wow. This year, we're hoping to do even better. So it jumped from 4% to 11%. Correct. So that's year. more than double. Correct. Mm. Almost triple. Almost triple in one year. <laughs> And uh, we made some changes. We, we put a lot greater emphasis on reaching businesses and meeting them and understanding them. The most important thing, unfortunately, we live in a situation where um, although a lot of these businesses have been disadvantaged and discriminated against for many years, mm-hmm. now that they're getting to play in a different realm and, you know, they have to be perfect, right? <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, you're a small business, you're struggling. Um, you know, you're five minutes late with your delivery. Now we want to kick them out, even though the right. deliverer that you used to use come an hour late and you don't say nothing. Right. Right. That's the reality of what we're dealing with. And that's fine. Um, and like Stanley said, our biggest thing was meeting people where they're at. But with our experience, we were able to really focus in on, OK, you're ready and we'll help you get over this line. Now, you're not quite ready. Here's where we think you need to go. Let's get there because we want to promote the best and the brightest. Yes. And hopefully over time, those stigmas, those, what do they call them? Unconscious biases. Yes. will just go away and we can deal with everybody at face level. But until then, we're trying to help when people get over that threshold, when business get over that threshold, they're ready. The state has a set aside with respect to veterans, 3%. Okay. Um, and everybody says they can do better. Um, we know we can do better as a county. We did 11%. Uh, last year, we feel like we can do better. We did 27 set, I'm sorry, 21 set-asides. Let me go back. 2021, we did five set-asides. 
2020 wow. due, we did 21. What? This year, we are on track for 37. Yes. <laughs> so it, 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 it's a process. It takes time. But uh, the set-aside opportunities out there, and why set-asides are important, what does that mean? It means right. that uh, we put out a contract opportunity and only certified businesses can bid on it. Right. So if you're not certified, even though your ownership qualifies for certification, you can't bid on it. That's why I say go get certified and we'll help you. It just helps. But if you are certified, now it's just you and those two other certified businesses that are competing rather than you and eight other businesses, two that were incumbents for before in Hudson County, and you still trying to figure out your pricing, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it gives a little bit more of an even playing field among the competitors, and then we can get more small and diverse businesses in the door. Right. Definitely. So I just just want to uh, add to that <clears throat> in the sense that people always ask why why should what's in it for me with certification? Just like Marquis said, the certification matters for two reasons. The type of competition that you're bidding against is different. And then the other part of that is which is a, is another conversation, there's corporate supplier diversity programs that also want to do business specifically with certified businesses. So I know we're talking about government contracting opportunities, but I just wanted to put that out there that certification has an added benefit for corporate supplier diversity programs as well. Can you like get into some details on that? So for instance, uh, you might have uh, Chase Bank okay. might be looking for uh, an IT provider. But they need that. But they but they have. All right. So let me back up a second. Corporations also have diversity initiatives okay. where they want to have a certain amount of diversity spending. So out of their budget, it might be 20 percent or it might be a, a hard number like, all right, we want to spend uh, two billion of our budget with diverse businesses. OK. But in order for you to count and be considered a part of that two billion spend, you have to be certified. So Chase Chase Bank might say, all right, we, we're looking for an IT provider for our computers. You have to be a certified vendor to participate in that opportunity. They'll put out a competitive process and they'll, you know, score it and give that business to a diverse supplier. Now you have a, a contract with a, co a, a corporation simply because you are a certified business. Very similar to how government's work. Dan, can I jump in and ask a question now? Um, <laughs> I like to shop at Target and Walmart. Are they included in that as well? Absolutely. So most of your larger corporations, Target, Walmart, um, I just said Chase, um, Goldman Sachs, uh, most of your Fortune 500 companies are going to have some type of supply diversity uh, initiative. Yeah. So I would encourage everyone. Again, we're talking about how to how to grow your business, how to scale it, right? Whatever industry you're in, I would Google supplier diversity for whatever your industry is. Mm -hmm. Or you might just want to Google corporate supplier diversity programs and you'll get a whole bunch of corporations that show you that they have Supply diversity programs. That's that's this is something that none of us know about. Now, mind you, I help businesses. I help businesses structure their companies, plan. I help businesses do grants. I help them do their loans, their lines of credit. But getting into the government contracts, I've noticed that small businesses don't need or 
just businesses overall, nonprofits are included in all of this too. Is that Absolutely. true? 100%. Yep. yep. And even churches are considered eligible. Is that correct? For churches. government contracts. Absolutely. Uh, nonprofits, which often churches are oftentimes nonprofits, but nonprofits are not eligible for certification. Okay. But they're, they're very eligible for government contracts. They have a lot contracts. of contracts for that are not necessarily geared, oh, this is a nonprofit we need to hire, but geared for the types of services that nonprofits generally provide. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a prime example. There is a Catholic organization in Hudson County that has a nonprofit contract with Hudson County to provide legal counsel for eviction services. Legal counsel. So the the county got the money for the for the service. Mm-hmm. They needed a vendor to to assist with how to get it out to the community. Mm-hmm. And it went to a nonprofit which just so happened to be a Catholic organization. Wow. So religious organizations 100% can also participate in government contracting. It's been so challenging for me to get my clients who are nonprofits. Like there really are um, financial innovations. That's what Morph calls them. Financial innovations that will help grow the mission of, you know, your nonprofit or your church or, you know, just overall what people go into business for a a reason. They go into business for their why. And I I noticed that you guys said before, I mean, I want to touch on two things. You said in one of your webinars that a small business is technically a business that makes how much money or less? It depends. It depends on what your uh, work, the work you do. So generally you'll see a $5 million threshold. uh, Right. Um, that if you make more than $5 million in revenue, you're not considered a small business anymore, but it's very category-specific. I, I always give the same example just to uh, for the hyperbole of it. Um, construction business, $47.5 million. Now, is that a home improvement licensed it can be a, Yeah, 100%. You could be a home improvement license. You can have a home elevation license. If you're in, if your next code, next code is construction-related, Construction or construction related, forty-seven and a half million. So, I would love for my construction business to be doing that type of revenue. It's not right now, but even if it were, I would still be considered a small business. And that's important to know. So, a lot of these contractors think like, "Oh, I wouldn't qualify for the certification," but it's not true. They're doing, yeah, right. they, they're doing a decent business. They, they they feel good. You know, it's like, all right, I'm doing. I did ten million last year, so I'm not a small business. No, yes, you are. If you're in construction, right. you still are a small business. But if you are into uh, stationary or like specialty crafts, then no, you probably won't be considered a small business okay. under right. the SBA guidelines. Sorry. And, and then and then something to add to that is when we talk about certifications, they're not all revenue based. Okay. Right. Let's so about it. I, sorry. Out of all the certifications, the only one that is revenue based is the small small business enterprise. Okay. Right? So small business enterprise is is the standards are put forth by the small business administration. Mm-hmm. It's gonna vary by sector and industry that you're in. So just like Marquis said, you can be considered a quote unquote small business and as a general contractor in construction and have forty seven and a half million dollars in revenue. Now, $47.5 million in revenue is not small by any means. Not at all. But that's what the standards are set by the uh, the SBA for small business enterprise. When we get into 
the other certifications like minority business enterprise, uh, women business enterprise, and veteran-owned business certifications, it's a matter of the people that make up that demographic. So for minority and women uh, business enterprise, you have to be a minority. You have to be a woman. For the veteran certification, you have to be a veteran or a service-disabled veteran. But no dollar amounts are attached to that. So you can be a billion-dollar company, mm-hmm. like 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 the name on a, a, the the side of the, the building of Rutgers football stadium. She's a woman business enterprise. Wow. And she's certified, and she can still compete for contracts, even though she makes a billion. She's a billion-dollar company. So that's 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 something that's extremely important to understand. I, I also think it's important to understand that, uh, and I'm glad Stanley said it, is because what we often walk in a room. I'm certified. People want to stay away from certification because they feels like it stigmatizes them. Right. And people who are receiving the information say, "Okay, here's a certified business, a woman-owned, minority-owned business." A lot of times, they think small. Mm-hmm. So let's try to figure out something to give them small. Mm-hmm. Let's figure a small, 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 but. Again, the M, the W, the V have nothing to do with money. It's just your 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 status. That's it. Um, and obviously, one of our in our big idea room, I, we want to get rid of that stigma. Yes, putting small oh. on minority or women or veteran-owned business because it's not necessarily true. Listen, well, I join you on that. When it comes to the word small, the only thing we want to say is start small but think big. Yes, I love it. Thank you guys so much. Um, please let us know where our audience can get in contact with you. Just like shoot it out, shoot it out there. Oh, that's for me. And I'm reaching for my phone because we have so many different handles. Um, but really, you want to follow us on Instagram um, and then also follow our link tree. So for our Instagram, you can catch us on Instagram. And I want to give you the correct page. Um, and then we're also on LinkedIn, but the Instagram page would be Hudson County. It's, Instagram is HC Opportunity. Right. Hudson County, um, HC Opportunity. And then our uh, Linktree would be Linktree Hudson County OBL. So it's Linktree Hudson County OBL. Yes. And if you if you um, email me at cbrunson at morphmentoring.com, I will definitely send their information to you. I just want to conclude that they also will be joining us July 7th and 8th at the Enosis Mission Conference 2023. They are our keynote speakers. I am very excited. If you want to hear more from them and about their leadership styles, they are definitely servant leaders and they're so amazing to businesses all over the state of New Jersey. So please. Please join us July 7th and 8th. See you there.